it's tricky because because as all of this is playing out for almost all of us, there are there are still monastic people, you know, who their whole life from sunup to sundown is essentially spiritual practice in one form or another because they're monks. So there are people who live that way still, um, probably fewer and fewer. But the people here, everyone here, doesn't live that life, right? So we, we can't really live, leave the relative world for very long. You know, you can at night, you can to meditate um, during some of the day, and you can do a retreat like this periodically. But for the most part, we're, we're constantly reminded of the responsibilities of the relative. We don't really escape that, right? Um, so, so it can be tricky to, to sort of wonder how, especially really um, extreme messages, like there's nothing to do, there's just no one there, the seeker can never find what it wants because the seeker itself is an illusion. Um, spiritual practice is just reinforcing the sense of the seeker who thinks it's going to find something, etc. So that message can be really sort of confusing, right? And then you hear other messages where people may talk about, like actually in Buddhism, it's common to, to even very early on, if you become a Buddhist, um, or even before you're ordained, you may chant or not chant, but uh, recite like the Bodhisattva vows, where the vow is to save all sentient beings. That sounds like a heck of a lot of work, far more than far more than there's nothing to do and there's no one to do it. Right. So th that's a very um, disparate range of messages. Right. And I think maybe that's what you're talking about. <laughs> and I get it. I understand that. The nice thing about it with with what we're talking about here is you don't have to worry about that any of it because all you all you're called to do is turn toward your own instinct and let go more and more that's really all you're called to do and it turns out you can do that um equally in deep meditation uh and deep contemplation and on a retreat as you can engaged in in day-to-day -day life you, you it's it's actually equally available i will say it takes a while to see that it takes a while before that's clear, but it is true. It is true that it's always available, what we're talking about. Um, and as I meant, as I was uh, answering a question for a previous uh, questioner, I think a big part of it is just being open to the mystery, that you don't have to figure this out. Not only do you not have to figure it out, you kind of actually learn to let Adyashanti and Angelo and Violet and Tony Parsons and all of the spiritual teachers and all of the books and all the videos just fall into the ashes because you don't need any of it. That's the beauty of this. The freedom of this is letting leaving everything behind. Everything meaning everything that happened before right now. <laughs> everything. You don't need it. You know, you don't need to hold on to anything. You know, you just don't need to. And when you don't hold on to anything, then there's actually not a discrepancy between the relative and absolute. There's not a discrepancy between whether I'm going to sit and meditate all day long tomorrow or work <laughs> or, you know, have responsibilities that, that require me to, you know, uh, process and analyze and do whatever, right? That it doesn't actually matter. I don't have to think about that at all. It will just take care of itself. Because when I'm able to really let go of the past, then I'm able to let go of the future. And when you let go of the past and future, which are only thought, then um, you 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 start to really taste what freedom is, and freedom is where that mystery that I was talking about 
the mystery, the opening to this that's truly mysterious, which means foregoing the, the arrogance of the mind that thinks it knows everything and thinks it knows how everything is. And it doesn't, actually. But you have to kind of forego that. <laughs> you have to suspend your belief to, to start to enter that mystery. So where does that mystery um, meet the, the, f the endlessly fluxing textures of appearance, which is this, sound, sensation, smell, taste, and colors, and forms, and movement, shapes, right? That's the, the non-dual textures. And if you really look at what's in front of your face, there's no past there and there's no future there. There's no solidity there. It's neither, neither formed or formless. It's not any of that. It might be hard to perceive that in the visual field at first, so perceive it in sound. Just listen to what, what's here, right? When you listen to what's here and, and then let go of the listener, that's not in time. It's not in space. It doesn't have a past. It doesn't have a future. It has no plan, need, not grasping, not pushing away. It's right here. And it becomes rather intimate, sort of radiant, these, these sense fields. So where does that meet the mystery? The mystery is, is this endlessly letting go, letting go, letting go, dropping, 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 surrender. And that's it. When you, when you find those two aspects in your own experience, the, and you don't need Angelo to tell you or Adyashanti to use words and the other people to use words, you don't need any of that anymore, which can take some time. It helps to bump into people who can point you back to it. But at some point, you won't need that. And, and then you have to also let go of needing people, needing spiritual people, needing teachers, needing all of it. Once you, once you realize like you just don't need that anymore, because you found these aspects I'm talking about. You're willing to keep continue to plunge into the mystery and let go or see that you, you can't hold on ultimately because holding on is an illusion. Holding on is, uh, um, is moving into an internal space that doesn't actually exist. It's, uh, it requires energy to put attention into that space, into the thought space in such a way that we convince ourselves that there's a world that doesn't exist that we can escape to. Right. So when we stop putting that energy in and we um, we regain the innocence of the child in play, in, in touch, in physical contact, in natural enjoyment, spontaneity and awe of, of the visual field, the sound field, the sense fields, um, then it's you, you don't have to navigate anything anymore. You don't have to figure anything out if, if it just sorts itself out. Even better, it doesn't need to sort itself out. And, ne and it never has, actually. Never, never needed sorted out. None of that was ever even happening. So that's kind of where the, the, the non-dual message that there's, you know, there's no seeker and, and all that. It's pretty true, actually. But it's almost like you see it in retrospect. You realize, like, it was never happening. Um, and so all these concerns about is it this or is it that? You know, how to, how to find the right spiritual journey or how to approach it the right way or all of those concerns just fall away because, um, because the immediacy of this is so complete.